Welcome to First Focus, a weekly podcast here at First Press Columbia, where we highlight various events and ministries around the church. Joining me once again for the first of two episodes is Dr. Derek Thomas to conclude our preaching series through Ecclesiastes and to preview the next series to follow. Dr. Thomas is, of course, our senior minister here at First Pres, as well as an internationally known speaker and author. If you have questions about his work, our church, its programs, or any ministry here, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find all our contact information on our website, which is firstprezcolumbia.org. That's firstprezcolumbia.org or on our app. Now, let's get to our conversation. Welcome back, Dr. Thomas. Thanks for being here with us again this morning. Uh, Good morning. Let's see. We have just wrapped up a preaching series on Ecclesiastes. So I was wondering if we might be able to talk about that together as we kind of wrap up. Yes, it's actually the first time in 40 years of ministry that I've preached on Ecclesiastes. I've I've done Bible studies on it, um, men's Bible studies, and I've done maybe a a one-off here and there, especially the concluding um, section about fearing God and keeping His commandments. But uh, this was actually the first time I'd preached through the whole book. And I've always been unsure as to how to read it. And Uh, there are strong opinions on both sides whether the entire book is cynical yeah um, and and only really comes to see some light in the final three or four verses right and so there's the tremper longman view as as people call it yeah and um, it has gained that view has gained a lot of um, popularity of, of late in the last 20 years but I'm I'm not convinced by it at, right. all, at all. The Trevor Longman view is the view that the entire book, but for the very end, is cynical. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, I, I actually think, and and this was an eye-opener for me this time around. Yeah. I, I used to say things like, well, when Solomon says life under the sun, mm-hmm. what he meant was life in a, in this world without god right um a, a, a non-theistic uh worldview and that mm-hmm. that's not quite accurate because there were no atheists in solomon's time right as there would be now right but but um a non-christian a non yahweh yahwistic yeah if that's the word right um worldview and actually i think that's that's entirely wrong and and it was actually Alec Mateer, um in what was a couple of pages in a, hmm. in a in a book summarizing the Old Testament that sort of nailed it for me that that this depressing, cynical, frustrating, angry conclusion is hmm. is actually one that Christians draw all the time because life isn't fair. Right. I mean, we may have Jesus and our yeah. sins are forgiven and we know we're going to go to heaven, but right here, right now, things are not fair. My life's a mess. My family's a mess. I've lost my job. Yeah. I've got sickness. Yeah. I, I put in all these hours and I get nothing out of it. Mm. And, and it appears sometimes in God's providence as yeah. though life is... Vanity, right? This this hebel mm. word mm. Um, that it's full of emptiness and frustration, and yeah. we know that that's not really true, but it feels like that, and it yeah. looks like that, right? And and I 
love the fact more and more this time around mm. that the Bible says, oh, okay, it's okay to say that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, it really it feels is that okay way to for say that. a Christian that. to say, yes. yeah. So I, I think this series, you know, there are, there are church folk, um, and I guess that you that are listening, mm. um, who, who respond to sermons all the time. And then there are some who never say anything about sermons. Right. Um, but this particular series has solicited more responses and all of them, I, I think all of them have been positive, mm. uh, as though, it had touched a chord. Wow. Um, and I've enjoyed uh, preaching them mm. more than I have um, anything for s- some time. I'm actually wow. regretting now that it's finished. Oh, okay. So a couple of follow-up questions. One is what then, if you haven't preached this in 40 years, what got you to the point where you're like, okay, I'm ready to bite this off because there are such diverse opinions. Uh, and two, how often does it happen that is you're prepping a series or a text that you're learning. Because I think as a guy who was just a member for years and years, didn't know that I was headed down ministry, there's this perception that everything a pastor says from the pulpit, he's always known. Oh, well, that's that's silly. Yeah. Um, we, we are always learning. Yeah. And we can never bring ourselves to a point where we say we'll never change our mind about anything. Now, there right. are things about the gospel that I, I, I'm not going to change my mind about. But, yeah. but you know, preaching Galatians, which I did last year, that was the first time that I'd actually preached Galatians. Mm. When I came to First Prayers Columbia, mm. you know, I'm, I'm 65. Right. This is, this is the twilight. Uh, somebody uses exp- <laughs> an expression... <laughs> Uh, in a meeting just within the last week or so, uh, uh, that pre- preachers were in the twilight of their years <laughs> of ministry. And I thought, he's talking about people in his 60s. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Um, but I, I, I have preached, you know, I don't know, 4,000 sermons or so. <laughs> I, when I came here, I got rid of all the, of, of a ton of them. I just, wow. I just threw them out. Wow. Some of them, of course, are on my laptop, but, yeah. um, I decided I wasn't going to preach old sermons. I, mm. I have preached on passages and books that I've preached on before. And yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I can I can remember some of that in my head. Right. But, but I've deliberately not preached what I've preached before because it makes life boring. Yeah. So, and I actually enjoy the whole process of preparing for a sermon. So, mm. but Ecclesiastes had always um, bothered me because until you until you have a an understanding of the whole, mm-hmm. you, you are unsure how to do the part. Mm-hmm. So finally, I, I I decided yes, I think I do understand something of where this book is coming from. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm 65, I actually do resonate with a lot of that mm-hmm. cynicism about how life can be difficult. Yeah, and um, I love it more and more. Uh, I I was. Uh, reading through um, a book uh, by Jim Packer. It was one of these throwaway books that he's written uh, that didn't cost him, I think, a great deal of energy to write. Right. It was a sort of Q&A. People had, mm-hmm. had sent him 
questions, and this book was the sort of reply to 25 questions you wanted to ask Jim Packer. Right. And I don't think it had a great circulation. It wasn't published by any um, notable publisher. And um, one of the questions was, what was his favorite book in the Bible? Hmm. Uh, To which he said, Ecclesiastes. Wow. Uh, Which um, resonated with me a lot, Hmm. um, that the ups and downs and twistedness and and puddle glum mm-hmm. conclusions that, mm-hmm. that he reaches are frankly ones, if we're honest, we sometimes conclude ourselves. Yeah. And that the that God would put a book in the Bible yeah. written by one of the wisest men in the world. Right. To um, resonate with us. That does it's not just a checklist. Yeah. And I don't know, there's something freeing about Ecclesiastes because of all the books in the Bible, it's it's probably the least one that says you've got to perform. Right. You know, reading Galatians is tricky because there are are lots of things, especially in the second half of Galatians, where you're... um, the the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, if you read the fruit of the Spirit and say, I've got this down, you are not reading that list. But, But Ecclesiastes was refreshingly honest yeah and um i i loved the responses you know to suggestions like you know there's death in the future there's regret in the past so all you have is now mm. so why are you waiting to spend your money mm. and people can draw all <laughs> kinds of wrong conclusions on that but right. that that is what uh, solomon is saying yeah towards the end of the book and uh I had some, um, you know, I had folks say to me, they, they had been wrestling about a certain issue yeah. for several years. And, and at the end of the sermon, um, the husband and wife looked at each other and said, well, I think we've got the answer then. Yeah. And I thought, well, how wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know, because that answer is going to be different for different people. Mm-hmm. But, but how the Holy Spirit uses his word to help people make wise, sensible decisions. Mm. So Ecclesiastes is wrapping up. Can you give us a preview, a sneak peek, a trailer <clears throat> of what is coming after Ecclesiastes? Well, summer. Summer, right. And that means all kinds of things. But uh, we've got some wonderful uh, Thornwell speakers who mm-hmm. will actually be preaching on Sunday morning. And uh, some of them are, are the best preachers in the land mm-hmm. who are coming. Uh, so I'm especially looking forward to uh, especially looking forward to H.B. Charles, who's, yes. a, who's a dear friend of mine. Mm. Uh, African-American uh, has seven services on Sunday. Wow. One after another. Seven. Wow. Starts about 8 in the morning and finishes around 2.30. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, seven services. Uh, and uh, a friend of John MacArthur uh, and preaches a bit like John MacArthur. Very, yeah. very expository. Yeah. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful man. Yeah. Uh, and um, then in the fall, I, I want to address partly an in-house issue. And, and the in-house issue is, why do we worship the way we do? And I, I don't want to make this a prickly series. And yeah. I don't want to make this, well, we're right and everybody else is wrong. Yeah. I, I simply want to answer the question. And it's often a question that comes up in new members' classes absolutely. as to why does the church worship this way? Yeah. Why don't we clap and why don't we do more yeah. modern hymns? Why do we yeah. say the Apostles' Creed? And I'm, I'm going to be provocative and I'm going to 
push the envelope a little. So I'm I'm not actually going to defend the status quo necessarily. And that was Derek's last series. So I'm 65. <laughs> so, um, but I think the church needs to address that. Um, you know, every year we receive something like 150, 200 new members, mm-hmm. and um, much of what we do is new. Yeah. Uh, it's wonderful, for example, to see a hundred college students yeah. uh, in church, but our style of worship is very different, markedly different than what they used and to. And we need some kind of justification for it. Mm. Uh, so mm. I'm, I'm going to address that issue in the fall, mm. and then next year, my plan is to look at John's Gospel. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. So we'll start at Christmas time with yep. John one. Yep. Uh, John didn't help me out with the Easter for this year. It mm-hmm. kind of falls mm-hmm. in the wrong place. Uh, so I'm going to have to do a little jiggery pokery to get <laughs> jiggery around poker. that. So we may we may go Great to uh, we may go to Palm Sunday um, and then and then retrace a few chapters in right. John. But right. but that's my plan next year. That's great, man! I am so excited for that for us and as a congregation. It's just someone who gets to hear you Sunday by Sunday that excites me. Uh, any final thoughts as we're closing out either Ecclesiastes or looking forward as to what's coming for our listeners? That preaching is a means by which God speaks to us. Hmm. Now, he speaks to us through his word, but that word has to be read and it has to be expounded and it has to be interpreted. Um, but it's a living, breathing thing. And, hmm. and that that constant food, that constant meal that he gives us um, several times a week mm. uh, here at, at First Press through different voices, through you and, and, and others, um, and sometimes in large settings and sometimes in small mm-hmm. settings. But um, I, I think you can tell sometimes when somebody isn't in the word. Mm. Mm. You can tell when something seems to be, he's just pushing repeat button. Yeah. Or, or he's, he's several feet off yeah. the word, whatever, yeah. whatever's going on. Yeah. And, uh, for me, this series on Ecclesiastes has, um, has re-engaged me once again in how the Bible, though it's, in terms of Ecclesiastes, 3,000 years old, mm. um, it was actually written for me mm. Mm. Uh, to help me mm. right now, right here, uh, to live out and out for him. You've been listening to First Focus. For Dr. Derek Thomas and all our staff here at First Pres, I'm Josh Squires. Thanks for joining us. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, don't hesitate to contact us. We hope you'll join us next week, and until then, God bless.